Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Under the Blanket podcast. And we are under Maraji's blanket. Uh, Neem Kroll Baba Maraji. And, you know, as people have said, he's just some guy in a blanket in India that died in the 70s, right? But he's really nothing special. But And yet, his body fills the universes and the infinite oneness and all that. Just like the poodle in Idaho. Just like Hunter, just like um, Donald Trump, or Larry Flint, or uh, L. McPherson, or the homeless person, or a person getting blown apart in Ukraine, or Hiroshima, or extraterrestrials, or angels, demons. It really is all one. And, you know, I get people out there listening. I am Shiva, the cosmic dancer, and this is the only dance there is. And, you know... I am like death, the destroyer of worlds, but really I don't mean anyone any harm. I just am all of it, just like everybody else. It's just that I really am the one and we're all the one. So it's like everybody's got that me inside their heart dancing for eternity, you know? And uh, as I say, we are the one, I am the one, and it's all one. Simultaneously, the one plays as the two. And one of the ways the one places the two in the Baba Here Love avatar is Baba lovers. And they're, um, say, Facebook followers are people like, kind of like, I guess you could say, devotees or students or, you know, I do, I call it spiritual advising. But the thing about it is I only advise myself because there's only the divine self, you know. So um, we have a first timer here, everybody. So. Um, I adapt to the vibrations of each podcast. So, hello, Hunter. Welcome to the Under the Blanket podcast. Hello, thank you. And it is a deep honor to have you, Ma, on this podcast. It's a it's a great, great honor. And I thank you very, very much for the deepest part of my simply sweet cosmic giggle cupcake pizza yoni heart in the sense of purity and perfection for coming on the podcast thank you for having me it is an honor for me also all righty so um everybody listening now first of all i hope you listeners aren't listening like if you're sitting there like well i'm gonna sit and listen to this under blank podcast but you know like baba here love just he says some words that like upset me and I just can't stand how beautiful he is sometimes. And I just always think about him and I just can't deal with it. It just drives me batty. Well, I made it that way. But anyway, <laughs> you could just like, instead of that trip, like pull back from the Peyton Place melodrama or the 90s, Melrose Place melodrama. Everybody loves Melrose Place. Yeah, whatever. Bad show. But you pull back from that into the here and now and it's like the listening happens. So you you inst- if judgment comes up, say uh, your the listenings happen, and all of a sudden Judge Judy gets up there with her gavel and says, "Baba, who love just said this word," or "Baba, who love doesn't like uh, 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 Van Halen." Oh, how dare he not like Van Halen? <laughs> that's okay. Just that. What is that? Just thoughts. So I want to start with a question for Hunter. Now, Hunter, uh, you follow the Baba Here Love posts and. Um, we talk on Messenger as like the spiritual advising. Um, how did you come into that sort of thing of awakening and and learning about this stuff and working with Baba Here Love and so on? Could you tell us a little bit of your backstory and how you came 
into this moment where we could sort of get get with it, you know? Could you talk about that, please? Yeah, so when I was younger, um, I sort of believed in, you know, nothingness, and it was very lonely. And then my mother was killed when I was 15, and through not wanting to let her go, I kind of found this path of spirituality and everythingness. Um, and yeah, so I've just been kind of a student for some years now, trying to reconnect with her, you know, on other dimensions. That is so beautiful. You know, it, it, is, uh, it is amazing how the tragedy and how grief uh, can be a way to lead us into awakening. Uh, like Romy said, let your grief glisten like the morning sun and cry easily like a child. And through those tears and that pain, and it's kind of like a search. It's kind of like, you know, the spirit or the soul of the person, the being that left, dropped the body is what I called it. It's saying, find me now. It's in a way, like it is tragic and horrible, of course. And people say my condolences and all that. But on another, like more kind of fun level, the spirit of the being that was in your mother is 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 really with you and never, never left. But is giving you like a little kind of puzzle or a mystery or a, a, a quest, like a sacred quest. And, and she's saying like, Hunter, find me, like do whatever you got to do or maybe even be here now or meditate, read the spiritual books, whatever, anything. Like it could be eating a pizza. It could be <laughs> going to a karaoke bar. It could be connecting with motherly type women. It could be like looking at the birds, it, it, like that, like you caught, described it, that everythingness. And, you know, uh, uh, that's, it reminds me of uh, uh, someone else that I've worked with. I won't mention her name, but you could imagine this, this might help with your situation, is that she had a child um, who was uh, about 10, and um, her, her baby daddy, that's what people are into these days was watching the child uh, climb a tree. And you know, it's in the scent. Kids like to climb trees, right? And oh, uh, no. boom, fell out a tree, dropped a body, right? And that's how she be, got into her quest. And um, uh, what happened with her, which is applicable, uh, maybe, is that she did, she did on psychedelics, which are a powerful sacred medicine, feel connected to her son. But of course, the issue with psychedelics for a lot of people is she felt connected when she was on them during probably the peak for about two hours. But then when they came down, she felt that sense of loneliness you described, that sense of where's where's my mother or where's my son and so on. But then what happened, right? She found Bob and her love and she was intrigued by this cosmic joke aspect because she couldn't imagine a whole a, a humor to all this. But the thing about the cosmic joke is it's compassionate humor. Like, have you ever heard of Smash Mouth, Hunter? The band? Yeah. Yes. Now, before they sold out and became a bunch of cracker honkies, they did write <laughs> one cool song. Before they were singing songs about Shrek. Now, I'm not putting them down, but come on. They probably, who, next thing you know, they're, all their songs will be the first songs about Doritos, the second songs about McDonald's. I mean, 
how much money you guys need? I mean, how many groupies <laughs> you need, right? But anyway, getting back to the point, walking on the sun about the 60s, about what was going on in the black community and kind of bringing black and white together. Um, it said a line, it ain't no joke when a ma- ma- mama's handkerchief is soaked. And yes, there is that cosmic humor and that light. But it's not funny um, when a person's kid dies or, or they're missing their mother and they're lonely and struggling, right? Well, couldn't you say that about that? Um, right. It's not funny in the struggle. I mean, but there are there there is humor definitely that can be found that helps with the struggle, especially like my cousin. Um, well, my cousins lost their their father shortly after my mother passed. And so they and I can kind of joke about it now because we both sort of get each other on this level, you know. Yeah. And I think that through that, we do find the cosmic joke of the tragedy. That's beautiful. Like, anyway, um, you could find that's that. See, that's the thing about, like, you know, I love putting down Dave Chappelle, but please don't take it personal, Dave, if you're a big listener, you're a big Baba Hitler fan. But, like, he goes up there and he's complaining about hanging around with whiteies. I mean, he forgets where he comes from. Come on. You know, I've learned everything I've learned from hanging out with black people. And this guy's hanging around with whitey's kicking out white people from his neighborhood. And, you know, I'm not judging him or anything, but he used to be a little bit funny on Chappelle's show. So the point is that humor is not cosmic humor. That humor is funny and helps, but it's if any kind of humor, right? If you're sitting there laughing or you're thinking or you're grieving in that moment where you're watching the funny show, even maybe Urkel, because I've solved the riddle of Urkel. You know, because Urkel was an 80s sitcom, and he said, did I do that? You know, right? You remember that? Mm-hmm. All right, so Urkel is sitting there, and he runs in, and, and, and all this shit happens, and there's a big old scene, and he slips. I forget the exact details, but like a lamp would break or something like that. Did I do that? You know, and, oh, right, and right. It, got, it got so old so fast. It was like after six months, everybody wanted to, like, you know. I don't want to watch this show anymore. It was like a fad. Do you remember anything about that? You're like an 80s child, right? <laughs> 90s. Oh, 90s, whatever. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to ask a woman your age. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I will lash myself with uh, carrots. Elise will be in charge of the carrots. and she, Well, she won't lash me with them. But I'll sit in the corner, and Elise will get three bags of carrots. Exactly. And she'll pelt me with them. Um, please, please do it. <laughs> And I'll enjoy it. And I'll be laughing the whole time. <laughs> All right. So about the carrots. Wait, where are we going with this? Urkel. So uh, I saw this guy interview in the freaking interview. And he's like, well, I, the joke was, which he's wrong. Now, this is the low level humor, which I'm not putting down. Remember, he's like, well, you know, Ur- the joke is that Urkel really did do it. And he's saying, did I do that? And that's a level of joking. Out. But now this is the cosmic humor of it is that Urkel didn't do it. it it just happened and that's the joke of it is that this is all just happening there's no one to blame like Cheryl Crow said it's no one to blame it's all just fate it's all just happening like the human being in the 60s and 67 we called it it just happened I'll give you an example of another kind of happening I remember when I was working at a, a mental hospital in North Jersey and this is a really kind of 
like really groovy story. Um, and all of a sudden there was this like abandoned old diner or restaurant of some type. And I used to just stand there and just chill for whatever reason. I never know um, what's going on because I'm not the doer. I just relax into the moment. And right now he's talking. I'm not, am I busy talking? Am I moving my hand around here? Am I like touching Elise's back or something? You know, it's, that's, that's <laughs> not, um, it's just happening, you know? So, so about the Urkel thing. So anyway, so I go to this place and this is really like listeners <laughs> hold on to ball sacks because wow, this is a groovy story. So uh, guys and gals and trans and LGBTQI, PQ, PI, lesbian seagull here now. Just like dig. <laughs> so, you know, I went to this. Well, now, remember, this is my human level zip code shit. You know, zip code shit. So zip code, Eric's going. It's my, that's a birth name. That's the name my mama gave me. Birthday, Eric, I think it was my dad. Who cares? But anyway, he goes to this abandoned place. And he's just standing there. And this is really cool. All of a sudden, what people call in the culture of ego, random. These people just show up. One in a motorcycle, people in cars, and we just gather at this spot, and no one says a word. Not a word. And we're all in this state of just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like a <laughs> profound whatever. And we're just looking at each other like, what the fuck? And it's just like, and no one says a fucking word. And then all of a sudden, it disbands. I mean, like, I don't even know where to see that. What you could you explain that, Hunter? What the fuck happened there? I don't know. Urkel did it. I figured it out. <laughs> FBI get on this. Urkel was behind that. He was, wasn't he? It was Urkel. I thought it was no one. Right. Nobody did it. So that's the thing about so, that yeah. is um it just happened. Um so so the actor that played Urkel, which according to the guy that played the dad. He was a narcissistic prima donna. Everybody gets into the stardom. They end up becoming like total Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Team Amber kind of shit. But I'm with Team Amber, Johnny. I poop on your bed ten times. Behave yourself, Johnny. But regardless of that, yeah, no. Why did Johnny just sleep around? Can't you just when when you have Amber filet me on at home? You're gonna go out for McDonald's. Right, <laughs> but women are. But see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of satire against that kind of subject-object way of looking at people, because um, it's not about that. We're all one. It's all one, and it really is all just happening. Like, what are you gonna do? Point your finger at God? God killed the the Jews. God is the Jews and Hitler, and so it's all like it's kind of got a tragedy to it. But leading back to the cosmic joke of it all, and the kind of kind of what people might think of heaven you know how people has anyone told you when someone died they're in a better place yes yeah like they know you're in a better place. right what do you know about it you look like you know you look like they think they, they act like they so or they're in a better place it's just something to say people don't know what to say about that kind of thing so they don't mean any harm by it but it right. is getting to the point because eventually all of it does have a kind of culmination uh, of a journey um it's like that movie that's out uh everywhere all at once now i don't like karate movies you know fuck that karate movie so why can't you make it like psychedelic and alice in wonderland type shit right but like 
there have a bunch of karate and some little esoteric stuff. But the point is, it's like a multiverse movie. So that's kind of cool. At least they get what I'm going through. So it's like there's an infinite multiverse and anything you could ever imagine from a heavenly plane where your mom hunter is just chilling and we're smoking a couple of doobies and we're listening to Hendrix and just like, yeah, that's just as real as what you would call the real world with your mother or uh, that lady with her son and those moments they shared and like when he was six and he was playing with a butterfly or some shit. But she probably just sat him in front of the tube because who needs those little munces? Sit. If I, if I had to deal with some kids, I'm sorry, but they're annoying, right? Just sit in front of the tube. <laughs> They're so annoying. Give them a shitload of video games. As long as they just leave me alone. They always want Xbox after Xbox. Oh, what are you going to get me for Christmas? How about leave me alone? I get you food and shelter. Ain't that enough? I want an Xbox. No. Go play in the yard with some ball or some shit, right? (laughs) So the point is that there is, uh, is, that is still all illusion. See, there's infinite levels of that. And we're all one. And we go with all those journeys together. The journey of hunterness, for example. Every being that has ever been, from Tom Cruise to your mom to Buddha to Jesus Christ, is going that hunter journey. And that's just me, really. So I'm in hunter, going that hunter journey of here nowness. And to the birth, to the death, this is a tough one for people. That's already happened. I've lived hunter's life a million different ways, a million different times, every way that could be lived. And Baba here loves life and all of it. So now that's all illusion now. I mean, we go that journey for eternity in every different way. That's the only dance there is. So what is the kind of culmination of it is back, 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 back. We're going back to what you originally said, the kind of nothingness. Now that concept kind of scares people, but it's not a concept. What it really means is like the Beatles said, nothing is real. Strawberry fields forever. They're not trying to make people feel lonely and bored and nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens in this town. I want to go to fucking Thailand and I want to go to India and get me to Hollywood and make a movie about me or some shit. Forget that. It's like, it's not like that. It's formless spirit. It's, it's a static, blissful, true love, true joy, true infinite peace. So Behind that, in the forever of, like, say, 1967 is forever, eternity now in this moment. In this moment, we're all here. So in that sense, your mother and I are one, and I've always been your mother. I lived her life. Now, people like, well, if you, why don't you tell me some trippy thing, like, Neem Girl Baba said about Ramdas's mother, spleen. You know, like, I'll tell the story because it's it's an underbike podcast. So he's out under the stars thinking of his mother, right? And he's feeling spiritually connected to her. He's been through the counterculture and the psychedelic revolution. And he can't quite get with it because he's got so many neuroses. And usually most people's neuroses and hangups are about sexuality, let's face it. So he's sitting there taking a pee and thinking of his mother and all that kind of stuff. And. But it's a beautiful moment, and the stars are beautiful, and he's been wandering around India. And then he ends up meeting Maharaji, the blanket guy. And, uh, you know, a whole trip. And then he says, your mother, you were thinking of her under stars, and he says, spleen. Now, the thing about that is Neem Crow Baba isn't like, well, I'm going to blow her mind 
So she sends me five dollar donation because I need some McDonald's and shit. I'm, I need my I'm a spiritual advisor. Give him a five dollars. I want no pizza. I want pizza, you know, and donate me crackers, you know. So I'm gonna clean <laughs> it up. Like when you were three, your mom said this, and she gave you a present and a teddy bear and all that kind of stuff. And the teddy bear was named Blah. See, it just comes out. <laughs> It just comes out. It might be like the teddy bear was named. See, come on, let it come out. No, see what I mean? Uh, it mm-hmm. might come out. Believe me, well, I'll give you an example with my sister, right? On the human incarnation level, you're all my sisters. <laughs> I love you so much. But about that is, you know, uh, I I happened to write her this perfect period poem on our period. How would you know I was on my period? It's like the timing of it. I didn't know shit. I'm just finding myself writing period poems. At the, and then people are like, how'd you know this? And how'd you know that? Oh, my God. I was just thinking that. And, what I, and say someone lied to me. And I'll be like, well, you were lying. And how'd they know I was lying? I don't know. I don't know. But I also know. It's like it's not. I'm not thinking. Thoughts think themselves. So now, what could you describe, like, lately, even in this moment, with total sincerity, as much as you could bear? Right now, how do you feel about your mother now? Right this moment? Yeah, this moment. Um, well, I see her everywhere. Could you go into that, please? I notice her energy, I think especially with older women that I meet. And that's, well, that is right now. Okay, so... I'll, they'll just, I feel like they treat me better, like, than I see them treat other people, maybe, and I feel like it is the spirit of my mother, like, coming through, and they almost feel like, without even knowing my history, they sort of mother me. (laughs) That is so beautiful. Go on. Let's see, I see her, like, for a while there, we were playing a game with traffic lights, and I'd be like, hey, mom, like, if you're really there, you know, uh, show me with all green lights. And and I would go through, like, the lights would just turn green as I arrived, you know. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, the more you open, the more that can be a Leela with your mother and those sorts of things. Miracles are helpful. Like, you probably read Bob with your love. It's chock full of miracles stuff, like, uh uh, you know, on the birthday and the be here now is moving by itself. And I'm like, Maharaji, come on. I need a miracle to share with these Facebook people. I don't need just some synchronicity. I need like a far out miracle. Come on, Maharaji. It's my birthday. Give me a miracle. And of course, me and Maharaji have that kind of playful relationship like you have with. And of course, it is Leela. We're all one. It's all one. But Leela is what it's about. So and then all of a sudden that same day, Maharaji starts moving the book magically what people call magically you know like an invisible hands moving and just turning pages lazy remember that and it's just like she her mind's really blown and my mind's been blown years ago but anyway <laughs> so it turns to the page psychological death and that's the kind of humor to it psychological death birthday you know and if you could answer this getting to another subject what's with this birthday month thing I mean, I get it. You're special, but you have to be so special a freaking whole month. Can you come and <laughs> next thing you know, you got my birthday two months. I'm on my two month birthday. 
I need an engagement diamond ring of the birthday. Well, I'm going to call it fuck engagement rings. I need my birthday diamonds, two-month birthday. Now I'm on my 15th day of my first birthday month, so I need I need some diamonds. Now, if not, I'll find another rich dude to fool. How about that? I'll find three rich dudes. I got three lined up in every city. Oh, shit. I know. So let's go into that. Legal marriage is a crack of bubbling bullshit. I mean, think about it. Just hear me out on this. I know this is tough for people, but come on. Why do you need to get the courts involved? If your relationship's so good and you're all go, yeah, we're so good in love and all that bullshit, then why are you threatening each other with finances and court and prenups and ceremonies and let's get the families. I get that it used to mean something back in the day in India or some shit, but it has not meant anything for a while. Now, say you want to have a ceremony and shit and avoid the legal shit like me and you, baby, right? Remember our ceremony? We had three so far. But, you know, why not get a ring at the dollar store? Why not have some fun with it? Why does it have to be a big extravaganza? Could you comment on that? Me? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like a whole bunch of extra steps where the government can benefit from your love. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So how would that benefit? You know, say your truth on that level. What would you say? How would the government benefit from that love? Hmm. I know it does something with taxes, but do married people get more money back? I don't know. See, that's, I, don't I, know. I have to. I didn't have to Google that. Does that really help finances? I mean, it just. It might have those benefits of some insurance thing and so on. So yeah, there's some. There's benefits of that. Yeah, that's right. There's all kinds of benefits of that. But it just seems to me like the details of that, and the whole going through that process. There's well, something and then, going wrong in that relationship. Right? There's some kind of something missing there that they need some sort of extra oomph. To sign of like prove to themselves that they're really narcissistic about their dual kind of narcissistic uh, power couple bullshit. What would you yeah, say about that? That feels right. Yeah, right. Sounds true. Yeah, it does. But anyway, I'm not judging it though. I mean, people are gonna do what they're gonna do. Like we're going back to the Urkel thing. I just found myself getting married one day to this guy. One day, but you know, lately I've been doing this thing. At least forgive me. Don't give me that look, girl. Uh, <laughs> I've been just like propositioning women as a joke, and they're cool with it in the street. It just looks like a fun in the spirit of peace and love and unconditional love, by the way. And just like getting on my knees being like, will you marry me? And and then I do this thing where I hold up a ring, but I'm like, I forgot the ring, baby. You know, I, I'll go run to the Dallas store real quick. And I get away with this shit. The co- I got the cops in on this. They, they protect me because I'm one with them. So if it's getting too much, they'll, they'll, you know, I'll get out of the scene, you know, or if they, they, if they, if something ever gets too, too hot to handle, some Karen gets on my ass, they'll talk to me first and they'll say, Eric, go back to your pad or go back to Elise, even they, and that sort of thing. And it's not like how some people judge Judy's probably out there. Listen, you just don't do that no more. You go into dating websites and some shit, or you have side chicks and you lie to people. But I tell the freaking truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is threatening to people, maybe, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, how about you uh, whole... sum it all up, Hunter? Uh, we're reaching the end of the show. And, you know, I feel like I never want this to end. This has been a, such a beautiful show. 
And of course, Baba Love never stops talking. That's his, <laughs> I mean, he's talking the golden silence of the profound whatever. And plus, it just happened. So if you're upset about listeners and Judge Judy, that he talks too much and you didn't let Hunter get enough words in, go fuck off, Judge Judy. You've had, an, and I love you, Judge Judy. I watch your show all the time. And you're, you've got a sexy robe and all that. And your gavel. Yeah. But if you could just, instead of a gavel, have maybe a flower. And she's funny, right? Have you ever seen that show? But anyway. She's, about, she's so <laughs> mean. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm cosmic joking around. I mean it in a compassionate sense. I am one with that actress that's Judge Judy. And her, I'm one with her robe. And I'm one with her ovaries. And I'm one with her nipples. And I'm one with her butt and her hair. She probably got hair on there, right? Now nah, she saves it. But anyway, regardless of the hair on her ass and the show, Hunter, take us away to La La Land. Go. Um, am I summarizing? What am I doing? Judge Go Judy probably Mama, doesn't. Are you have... busy talking? Are you here now? So be here now, and out comes Hunter's conclusion to the perfect show of her glorious beauty of Radha oneness mother and a son and a daughter merge into the row the black rose of the beauty and hunter's dreads and the, she's the last hippie y'all it's all one go come on you could you got what it takes this takes courage go ah um i don't know i think we're about out of time my mind is blown all right so <laughs> that's that I, I real that was perfect Hunter My, your mind is blown and that there was a moment in there where no one was talking and that's where we meet you think the thing about words is words are so beautiful aren't they they're in, like birds in the sky who doesn't like birds right and you know especially crows right damn crows are awesome and imagine like a bunch of crows flying over the sky and they have that beautiful dark black beauty and they're flying across the sky and they're making their beautiful call, call. And But do we want to get caught in that? We meet in, they come and they go. So if we're busy getting caught in that, that's just more attachment. That's just more suffering. If Where we meet is in the silence in between the words. And in the silence is where the mother is forever. And from my perspective, it's all the divine mother. The divine mother, Kali. Sita Radha, uh, who is one with Ram. Like, uh, I'm looking right now on a human level of eyesight at Hanuman the monkey. And, and um, I'm going to end with this. So Ram and Sita are finally together. And there's a whole story to that in uh, India. And they're together again. You know, it's like a love story. And they're together. Oh, and, they're, and all the melodramas behind them. And it was all thanks to Hanuman. And they just love him so much. He, he got them together. And they're just like dumbstruck at why Hanuman's such selfless. Such would do anything for Ram. Anything to get him his Sita. And and they're both just like awestruck. And it's just like such a moment there in ancient India on another planet, of course. And they're like, they're just, they're just what is going on? And Hanuman rips open his heart blood pouring down his heart in total unconditional love and what's in there in his heart is it Ram and Sita or is it Hunter and her mother they're together they're together in Hanuman's heart and it's okay to cry and your mother is with you now 
you might not be able to totally accept that. But from my perspective, your mother is always with you as you in your heart and have a Leela with her and talk to her. I do suggest before we go that you find a picture of her and you make a little puja, we call it in India, a little altar where you could have a candle, have some other inspiring pictures or artwork, put some flower, offer some flowers to her, put, uh, put it up there and just in a safe place where no one will give you shit and just like sit there and by yourself in a sense, like just Hunter, the body. And you're just sitting there and there's your picture of your mother and you could bring our flower today or like uh, Ma, here's an orange or whatever. Um, a writer of home and just sit there and talk to her and tell her how you feel and tell her how your day go. I met this great guy, Bob with hair love or whatever it is, uh, how, what's going on with the dudes in your area or lesbianism, seagull, whatever it is, friends, older women figures, whatever it is, uh, you know, struggles you're going through. Just talk it out with her. And, but do talk it out, but make sure you take time to center and quiet. And if you're quiet enough, and if you're still enough, she will, in the deepest place in your heart, whisper to you. I promise you that. But you have to trust me completely. And it has to be quiet and still. And it will take a lot of patience and a lot of work. And make sure before you're ready to hear that totally. You talk it out and tell her how you feel about all that. Okay? Promise? Okay. I promise. All right. So it's been a wonderful show. It's been the best show I ever had on Under the Blanket. And I thank you so much, Hunter, for doing the show. I I can never, ever repay you for this. I am one with you. It's all one. Jai Ma, Jai Ma, Jai Ma. This has been... So thank you so much, Hunter. Namaste. Thank you so much. Namaste, Baba. All right. So... All right, everybody. So I'm the Baba, and I'm the Baba, and Baba's a 